Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With the holidays coming up and the end of the year approaching, things are getting a bit busy and a bit stressful. So why not take a few major things off your plate, like meal planning and grocery shopping? HelloFresh cuts out the stress of planning out your menu and delivers easy-to-follow and delicious recipes right to your door, which means you can enjoy cooking and get dinner in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers over 23 recipes each week, featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients for you to choose from. Choose from low-calorie, carb-smart, vegetarian, or pescatarian menus, or family-friendly, like we did. And get every single recipe packed with fresh produce sourced directly from farmers that is all pre-portioned for your convenience. That way you can cut down on grocery bills and food waste. This week we made the teriyaki pork luau bowl, and it was absolutely amazing. I am normally pretty cooking challenged, but this recipe was so easy to follow that I had no problem, and the food was on the table before I knew it. HelloFresh now owns Green Chef, which you guys know I've talked about and raved about before. My new favorite thing is to switch between the two and make a perfectly curated menu that my family loves. Now you can get a discount from both. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MorningCup10 and use the code MorningCup10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash MorningCup10. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder... Killers don't make the most trustworthy witnesses. We've heard a few cases where a false confession was made for some sort of odd bragging rights or just to get their case lost in the criminal justice system. On December 31st, 1999, a man committed what was believed to be an isolated attack on two girls. However, when they got him into the interrogation room, he had a much more complicated and dark story to tell to police. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Terry Harry's owed a lot of money to the wrong guy. On December 30th, 1999, he stopped at a convenience store to tell his drug dealer, a man named Tommy Lynn Sells, that he would pay back his $5,000 drug debt when he returned from Kansas. Tommy agreed and spent the evening drinking at a local bar and flea market and harassing a waitress to try and convince her to come home with him. At some point in the evening, when the night turned into the morning of December 31st, Tommy decided he wasn't so sure Terry was going to pay him back, and that he was going to have to do something about it. He got some more beer, a knife, and headed towards Terry's Del Rio, Texas home. He greeted his dog and climbed through an open window looking for Terry. What he found were two young girls sleeping in bunk beds. Tommy laid on the bottom bunk next to 13-year-old Kayleen Harris, cut off her underwear, and began digitally assaulting the young girl, waking her from her sleep. She jumped up and attempted to get away from the unknown attacker, but Tommy blocked the door and began stabbing the young girl. He then cut her throat several times before moving on to her 11-year-old friend, Crystal Searles, who was still on the top bunk. He slashed her throat, wiped up his fingerprints, and left through the same window that he came in through. What he didn't know was that Crystal was able to survive her attack and somehow managed to walk a quarter of a mile to the nearest neighbor's home with a severed trachea and call for help. When police arrived, she gave such accurate description of Tommy Sells 
the police were led straight to him. Terry obviously knew Tommy, so when the sketch was created, there was no question who the intruder was. What he may not have known is just who Tommy was behind closed doors. A life and crimes he was about to admit to the police holding him in custody. You see, Tommy Sells, who was not only admitting to killing and assaulting the girls, but taking police back to the scene and showing them step-by-step what occurred that night, told the officers that he was glad they caught him because he didn't want to hurt anyone else. When asked to elaborate, Tommy gave a full confession that connected him to the murder of over 20 victims all across the United States. This is what he had to say. Tommy Lynn Sells, born on June 28, 1964, had a twin sister named Tammy, who, after contracting meningitis, died before they reached their second birthday. Tommy was sent off to live with his aunt in Missouri and stayed there until he was five years old. When, after hearing the aunt wanted to adopt Tommy, his mother came back and got him. Knowing what we know now, it's easy to see how this changed his life for the worse. When he was around eight years old, Tommy was molested by an older man with the consent of his mother, an abuse that would become the hallmark of his crimes. A few years later, when he was 10 years old, Tommy began getting himself into trouble, skipping school and getting involved with drugs and alcohol. His mother was losing patience, and when he climbed into his grandmother's bed naked at the age of 13, she had had about enough of her son. She packed up his siblings and moved away, abandoning Tommy and leaving no address for him to find her. From 1978 to 1999, Tommy Sells hitchhiked and train hopped all around the United States, committing various small-time crimes, drinking, abusing drugs, and getting arrested all along the way. It was while he was traveling from coast to coast that his small crimes turned into something much more dangerous. Back in that Texas station, police were shocked to hear Tommy nonchalantly start to confess to dozens of murders. But this is the same state where Henry Lee Lucas had made his confessions and subsequently made a fool of Texas Rangers. So they were a little apprehensive to believe his claims. So beginning in 2000, the Rangers took Tommy on a macabre out-of-state field trip, asking him to detail his crimes in hopes of connecting him with cold cases. Sometimes his confessions turned out to be completely false, like the time he said he killed a man in a Mississippi home invasion just weeks after his 16th birthday, the ice pick murder he claimed he committed in Los Angeles the year after that, and that his first kill was when he broke into a home and saw a man molesting a young boy killing the attacker when he was just 15 years old. None of these could be corroborated and were likely strange, boastful lies. Other stories, unfortunately, turned out to be completely true. Like Thomas and Colleen Gill, who were last seen in July of 1983 with a man matching Tommy's description leaving their St. Louis home. Colleen and the couple's four-year-old daughter were later found beaten to death. Or Ina Cord and her four-year-old son, Rory, who invited a carnival worker, Tommy, back to their Missouri home in 1985 and were found beaten to death three days later. In total, Tommy confessed and had corroborated at least 22 murders starting in 1983 when he was in his early 20s, ending in 1999, and spanning across at least eight states. But even investigators believe the number is much higher. Here are some of the cases Texas Rangers were able to connect to Tommy Sells. 
There was Susanna Quartz, who disappeared from New York in May of 1987, and the Dardine family from Illinois, whose patriarch, Keith, was found shot in the head while his wife, Elaine, and three-year-old son, Pete, were beaten to death and tucked into a bed. There was Melissa Tremblay, who disappeared on September 11, 1988 from Massachusetts, an unnamed co-worker in Texas in 1989, and a 19-year-old Charleston woman who took in a panhandling Tommy and was thanked by being trapped in her bedroom and raped repeatedly at knife point, beaten with a piano stool, and stabbed 18 times. She survived her attack by fighting back, but ended up dropping the rape charges and sending Tommy back onto the streets. Tommy was arrested a number of times after that, never for murder, of course, and while serving time was diagnosed with antisocial disorder, borderline and schizoid personality disorder, substance use disorder, bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, and psychosis. Now a free man again, Tommy continued his crimes with the murder of 10-year-old Joel Kirkpatrick in Illinois, whose own mother was initially convicted and serving a prison sentence for her son's murder, but was exonerated in 2006 after Tommy's confession. In November of 1987, he murdered Stephanie Mahaney in Missouri, sexually assaulted and murdered Haley McCone in Kentucky in 1999, and murdered 9-year-old Mary Beatrice Perez in San Antonio. Ultimately, most of these murders could never see charges. Investigators really concentrated on cases with the most concrete evidence and in states where there was a death penalty to ensure Tommy never left prison ever again. He was ultimately convicted of Mary Perez's murder and sentenced to death on January 3, 2014, just over 14 years after his initial arrest and confession. Tommy Lynn Sells was given the lethal injection on April 3, 2014, after which he closed his eyes, began to snore, and then took his last breath. But even after his death, he is still being connected to murders from the past. In 2015, after watching a show giving details of Tommy's crimes, a woman called police to tell them that she was certain Tommy Sells was her mother's killer. It was her testimony that she gave at the age of seven that put a man named Rodney Lincoln behind bars. But now, seeing Tommy's face, she was certain she had made a mistake. Who knows how many men and women are behind bars for Tommy's crimes, or just how many victims they have yet to uncover. With him no longer able to confess, I doubt we will ever know his true victim count. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe and happy new year.